Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, welcome back to the Dirtbag Dugout Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Rivers. Episode 25 is here. Now and live to you. I appreciate the listen. We got a lot on deck here. Uh, so without further ado, I guess we should just uh, get right into it. We have the second half of the uh, the odds. I know I gave you guys some American League odds uh, concerning the uh, overall odds to lead the respective division. So that was the American League overall. I have for you in front of me the National League odds. So without further ado, I have eight teams in front of me. And we'll just, uh, I guess we'll just get right into it. So leading out the pack, I have at plus 125, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Of course, that makes sense. You know, basically going toe-in-toe with uh, the Giants for best record you know, alongside the Rays as well, but just been best general record for the National League as as far as it's concerned, but just be, best record overall in baseball. You know, just staying hot on their trail. Definitely a team, considering the fact that they are on a repeat mission, they have retooled, they have re-upped, you know, seemingly, you know, not even seemingly, they definitely have been, have gotten better, but like seemingly on paper, just off the bat, they have gotten better. And then when you see the actual play in place, you know, they definitely have, have patched up a few uh, a few glaring holes. So definitely understandable why why they're at the top two, you know, have the, uh, had the best record and just be the top team in the overall National League. Rounding out second place at plus 320, we have the Milwaukee Brewers. Another team to just not not sleep on. Definitely can go toe-to-toe with any other National League team, any other team in, in baseball. So uh, another team to, to keep your eye on as the uh, postseason gets closer. So definitely can see that. Another team as well. Plus 500 in third place, we have the San Francisco Giants. If not fighting for having the best record in baseball, currently on their way to be the first team to 90 wins. I know we say this basically every podcast, basically first to, you know, first to 30, first to 40, 50, 60, however many. I I can't even, I can't even remember how many of these decade um, benchmarks they've been crushing as the season has gone on. So to see this, you know, be third best or best, you know, third best odds, I absolutely believe it. That makes complete sense to me. And, you know, the the product on the field, you know, what we see in front of us is definitely indicative of what they can do and what they, you know, what they have done and what they can do, really, in, in this uh, in this coming postseason. So it does not surprise me at all for them to be to be in the mix with that. Uh, rounding up fourth, we have uh, the Atlanta Braves at plus 600, another team who retooled you know, uh, seemingly got better, fixed up a couple of holes, and and really are just in the hunt to uh, to repeat, and not only that, but to go further within their uh, respective National League campaign. So we do have a little bit of a gap, though, leading from this fourth team to this fifth team. We have at plus two thousand, we have the Padres, the San Diego Padres, at plus two thousand. So. A little bit of a gap of unfortunately, but I mean that is also 
a bit understandable given their recent, I don't want to say slip, but just kind of stagnation. Also considering that you do have two other teams in the immediate division, you know, the National League West in the Dodgers and the Giants, you know, two juggernaut teams that are not going to let go of their respective hold of not only the, the division itself, but you think of the Padres as well, trying to figure out their place in the National League wild card as well. That within the inner division fighting in the, the last key series that they usually will be going through, you know, facing each other these last few weeks of September, I I really don't see the Padres improving more than you know, plus 15, you know, still within that thousand mark, they really would have to get their act together, you know, especially considering these last several weeks will probably have them facing the Dodgers and the Giants, you know, considerably. Usually they, they save those last couple of weeks to kind of clean up interdivision uh, standings. So I definitely would not be surprised if we see them either, you know, double down and make a real real solid push for a bottom seed or a solid wild card or they just kind of let it go to the wayside and just retool and re-up to come back twice as strong for next year very unfortunate to see them especially having so many and such high hopes for this uh, team but you know that that second half bend of baseball is is definitely real it gets a lot of teams brings down a lot of teams, a lot of uh a lot of well put together squads. So definitely unfortunate to see the Padres kind of fall this far, but you know, we'll we'll also get into this more as I as I kind of get into the the general uh title odds, but kind of kind of let you know where they're kind of sitting uh considering we also have tied with them at plus 2000, we have the Philadelphia Phillies. So um this is kind of what I wanted to get into so you can kind of see uh, I guess I'll say a tail, two sides of the same coin, Where whereas we saw the Padres really start off hot and now they're kind of on the decline. We saw the Phillies kind of just plateau, kind of stagnant, and just really start to take off and really make the National League East their own. You know, obviously, we still have the whole wild card race, obviously, their, their own battles, with the Mets themselves. So there there are some narratives at play, but overall to see what I'm saying is aside from the optics themselves, the, the general storyline of, well, you see one team starting off hot, going down, and you have another team going down and then finishing hot. And that's what I'm saying, two sides of the same coin. Whereas you see Philly has a legitimate chance to not only maybe even take their own division, but be a a solid piece either in the wild card, maybe even squeak by in a general playoff, you know, position. We have the Padres where they're just kind of free falling, hoping to kind of grab onto a ledge and, you know, kind of insert themselves wherever they, they may fall. So one's more of a fall from grace and trying to find your footing and one is a is a is a steady climb upward, if that kind of makes more sense in that visual. So I think that while overall numbers are helpful in this sense, I, I don't think they tell the whole picture. Because even though these two teams are generally in the same 
playoff situation in in terms of how do I say in terms of hard numbers or in terms of the games themselves left to be played their individual narratives or their styles or their momentum isn't the same and that I think will be the difference maker especially I mean not only these last handful of weeks within the season because obviously those are going to matter towards your final record and where you're at but you know I think that's really what's going to be the driving force into how these teams present themselves you know heading into October so uh, rounding out number seven at plus 2500 another team to not really sleep on and another team I think again one of these National League wildcard teams we keep talking about the Cincinnati Reds another team to not sleep on another team that's been getting it done their way has their own identity, their own grit, has their own culture going. Uh, another team that a lot of people thought was going to be a few years off, maybe, you know, two years from being where they currently are. But I think that that's the beautiful thing is having having teams like the Reds and the Phillies and, you know, teams of, of the like that, you know they can be good, but they're always just missing that that something, and I'm so glad to have to have witnessed this Reds team kind of find their way into you know at least uh, some playoff talks right now, looking very solid. Even though it's plus twenty five hundred, this is for to lead the National League overall. So I'm not I'm not mad and I'm not looking for them to to come out on top absolutely not but just to see them in the general conversation of National League dominance is something that has been a long time coming since I know there have been many squads that have come a few that have looked pretty good but just could never find find the way to put it together so to see them within within this uh this type of crowd, you know, with among these names is definitely something where red fan, Reds fans, you can definitely hang your hat up on and definitely be looking towards the future, especially this immediate postseason. I, I would definitely be excited for this team. And um, I'm curious to see who they more so who they get matched up with, because if the wild card race, let's say it would be Phillies and Reds for whatever reason, that's going to be electric. If that ends up being a matchup, that's going to be electric. Um, and then past that, I can't, I can't really foresee cause it's really, it really is how, how I've said before, you have these certain, you have these certain tier of teams that, you know, and then every other team that's kind of the outlier, that's kind of just on the outside that they'll manage to make it in. And I think that's really the biggest test. It's like, okay, once, once the reds get past you know, being from the outside looking in, once they're actually in the arena, which they kind of already are, they kind of have their foot in the door right now. Once they actually get inside, you know, what what are they really going to do? What How are they really going to shake things up? And it doesn't necessarily have to be as far as a win, or even if it is just a division series win and they, you know, just get completely demolished in the championship series. Just what are they going to do not only for themselves to shake up the face of Cincinnati baseball, but, you know, the face of baseball itself, because everybody loves that underdog team coming, seemingly coming out of nowhere and just making a giant splash. And, you know, that or there's always that one random player 
on the team, especially in the series that always has a big play, who's some no name, who has that one crucial at bat. And that's how I feel. Even though the Reds have players on their teams, I'm not saying they're, they're a bunch of no names. I'm not. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at as a team, like the essence of that, just having the grit of you don't need to be the big name to be the big moment is basically what I'm getting at. And I think this team, if given the chance, can be can be that team. So again, don't sleep on the Reds because even though they, they may not dominate the National League completely, they are definitely a scrappy team and not one to take lightly. Another team that... I, I was not taking lightly, but I may I may have to falter back at least for this season and have to chalk it up for next season. Rounding out number eight on this list, we have at plus three thousand the New York Mets. You know, barely having having eclipsed the uh the sixty nine and sixty nine mark in the standings. Nice. You know, I, I just don't I just don't see the miracle coming in the next, you know, 20 something days, 21 days. I just don't see it with how tight it is in the standings. Like I said, the Phillies are really trying to double up on that stranglehold. You have the Braves looming. You have the Reds looming. You have Milwaukee, you know, even though they're in, you know, they're central, you know, but you still have a couple of other teams that um while they may not be one or two, you know, they may not be the Dodgers Astros, you know, powerhouse, they're still very, very good and they could very, very easily knock you right off. So I, I'm not I'm not too confident in, in the Mets heading into this postseason. I know that they've righted some wrongs. I know that they they have the thumbs down going. I know that they're getting their culture together. I know new ownership, you know, trades, acquisitions, all that. I know that they have tried to do all the things that they can do to make this work. I just don't know if it's enough, at least in the time, the time frame in which all these individual things were done. I don't know if collectively it was enough time to salvage the season. All these other things on paper, like all, all the moves that they've made, great i have nothing against them i just think that however maybe the timing i'm not even saying that lindor not extending or whatever you know going into spring training oh that's why here you know september 10th why the mets aren't in the race that's not that has no correlation that has nothing to do that's pure business and yes, I know that that can obviously weigh on your mental, especially when it's something that's so significant, especially considering it's generational wealth and whatnot. My point being, at the end of the day, that's just business. You could sign the damn contract and feel exactly the same as you did two seconds prior. It's more the situation behind it. It's not necessarily the act. Because you could have said, oh, well, they're in agreement, they're in talks. Whatever, and that could be just as good as signing. I mean, obviously, you need to sign. Nothing's as good as signing, but I'm saying in the essence of what you're, what you would be arguing, the stress of that, and blah blah blah. It's not, it's not going to be the same. It, it has no effect on on this guy performing, especially when he knows he's going to get paid. Like that's, it's not gonna, 
be that detrimental. So even to say that, the fact that it took an extra week or two, the dude knew he was going to get signed. And again, that was back in March, April when he was with a new team. So if there was any stress, it would have been with that within the entire situation itself. Not just, oh, I need to sign. It's, oh, it's a new team. We're rebuilding. It's it's the, the gravity of the bigger picture. It's not just him. And if you know Francisco Lindor from from any interactions, from what we can see and hear from other players, you know, people around the league, things of that nature, anybody who's who's interacted with him, super chill dude, super humble dude, super easygoing, definitely has the right mindset, definitely was not about the money because as you can see, once he got that extension, how much went to charity, how much went to donating and how much he actually was trying to plug that back into community and to plug that back into building up of others. So definitely wasn't about, oh, I'm nervous about getting the bag. Definitely not that. So I had to take a minute just to let that out, just to air that out because not even being a Mets fan, but I definitely, that's lazy journalism if, if that's going to be the type of narrative, especially for the Mets. If the Mets can't, can't get it together, then, then that's on the Mets. That's not, Lindor couldn't get it together because he wanted to get paid in April or, or Javi Baez couldn't get it together because he wanted to do this or this, that. Don't, don't make it about individual players either. The front office couldn't get it together. The, you know, the management didn't have the plan. Payroll didn't come through. The marketing didn't work. This, that, the other. Make you know, make it about make it about the entire franchise. Make it about the beast, the beast itself. Because I really think it is. It is that first year, that first year slump. I really believe it. It comes down to the beast itself and this technical rebuild year. I do believe that the Mets will be in way better shape coming into next year, having every everything else be a lot more well established for one and then i mean too you you really get can get to see the ownership in action as far as the winter meeting it's not just not not just on the outside looking in knowing well hey we're gonna have to wait a month or two before this is officially ours so right now we're just kind of window shopping you know just to kind of get a feel for what the winter meetings are like before we actually are the owners on paper so I think um again the Mets the Mets have a little more work to do. Kind of sad that they kind of falter the same way in which I think the Padres kind of did. But again there is next year there are now that we have a full actual 162 with fans all that I think that that's going to be uh, a greater resource for management and for front offices moving forward cuz now you actually have what you're used to in a way and you can kind of use that moving forward as opposed to, you know, the uh, the unknown variables that we had in 2020 or 2019 going into 2020, not really knowing what to change or how it would change or what the change would change, you know, the ripple effects of that. Like, oh, well, if I change, if we put in a pitch clock, you know, the after effects of that going into like injury or pace of play or you know things of that you don't know how much that butterflies out so i'm i'm glad that teams in a sense have have a full season you know pretty normal same and obviously we've had many handful of protocols and and many 
many uh, players placed on on the uh, injured list, but you know, in the in the grander scheme, it's gone about as smoothly as it can, and I really think that that will be a great tool for a bunch of teams moving forward. So unfortunately, like I said, the Mets kind of just on the tail end of that. I believe that they'll bounce back though once uh once the season wraps up. So going into actual actual odds though this is regarding actual title odds now as i said before those odds were just about the the best odds to just lead uh their own you know respective league like obviously the last one was about the american league overall this one was about the national league overall so not necessarily that your team is on the outs it's just you probably won't be a uh, king of the hill when it comes down to uh september 30th so you know, without further ado, we'll have the general title odds. I'm actually going to be working my way uh, from bottom on up because I believe, let's just say it, it's probably a little more spicier that way. And um, I think it does, it's going to do this segment of the podcast a little more justice just because you can kind of start making more of the picture when you go from the bottom up. You can kind of see how it works its way up rather than. You know, everybody leaves, loves, you know, doing one through five and then shitting all over it. But you don't really think of why because everybody focuses on that one or two first so badly versus, okay, well, what what went into, like, for example, why is, why is four and five there? Why are you putting them in the bottom? Why is three right there in the middle? He's not necessarily, you know, he's not necessarily tops, but he's not the worst. So what makes three there? Why is three really the benchmark of, you know, so kind of getting into it a little bit but that's basically what i'm trying to get at is is trying to look at it objectively and critically and, and try to dissect it in different angles so again this is via baseball reference this is as recent as today you know today is september the 10th uh baseball reference tweeted this at eleven fifty-five, so just before noon it is now one thirty on my end you know, Pacific Standard, so these are hot and fresh off the presses, probably about an hour's worth, you know, of time in between these coming out and me giving them to you guys. So could not be could not be any more updated, any more fresher than they are at this current time. So you know, without further ado, let's get into it. Alright. So rounding at the bottom at point one percent. Tenth of a percent. We have three teams. We have, of course, the Seattle Mariners. We have the St. Louis Cardinals. And ladies and gentlemen, we have the New York Mets. 0.1%. Tenth of a percent right now. So, as I said before, definitely a team I had high hopes for as far as the Mets. Uh, definitely can say the same for the Cardinals. They always seem to kind of put something together, you know, that to at least look hopeful, but again, 0.1% chance. You hate to see it. Um I think there should be another break because um this next team will definitely probably put some some butts in some seats. Um, 
yeah, pretty unfortunate to see this next team at 0.6%. So barely, barely above half a percent. We have the San Diego Padres. Yep. As I mentioned before, trying to scrape by for a wild card, not necessarily going to be looking forward to facing any of their actual division rivals. It's it's a very tough spot for them to be in at this current time. And, you know, basically just above half a percent. I don't I agree with this. I don't really see them making that that great or that deep of a, of a playoff push. So that sounds about right. I'm pretty much in the same boat as I as I mentioned before, and slightly better, however, would be the Philadelphia Phillies coming in at 0.8% chance. So still kind of low, getting through a couple of teams. Um, that should kind of let you know where it is as far as, you know, they're kind of there, but they're kind of a piece away. I mean, you can make an argument for longevity sake like i said with the padres started off really hot you know they kind of faltered a bit couldn't really keep it together obviously bullpen issues and and things of that nature you know so so some things were like i said before there's certain either a piece away a key person or it's just maybe the length of the season but again i think that this is also a greater indicator you know a lot of people were trying to say mickey mouse ring this that shortened season last year so this i believe will will definitely rectify it for women will definitely you know legitimize and kind of quiet any any doubters any haters i mean there's always going to be doubters and haters but i think that that the that'll take most of the teeth if not all the teeth out of that considering that hey everybody had the same long season that we did Everybody had the same amount of spring training, same practice. You know, everybody went through the same protocols. You know, we had a little more of a standardized idea and game plan as far as what the season was going to be and what it ended up being. So, you know, there's no real excuse as far as, you know, a randomized season or, you know, a uh, a cut, you know, in the sense the, the season being cut short and, and not really having a a resolution towards that. There definitely was a resolution in 2020 and there definitely will be a resolution in 2021. So some of those teams like where I was saying, uh, mentioning previous that definitely a piece away, they definitely can use the benefit of having a long season to kind of uh, fix any of those glaring holes now that they have time and that they will have a full off season to be able to, you know, if they need to get, you know, repurchase contracts, if they need to, you know, make some coaching adjustments if it's just, like I said, personnel on that side or if they just need to draft differently or, you know, it gives them that extra time. So uh, moving forward, though, we have at 1.4%, we have the Cincinnati Reds. So as I said before, a team not necessarily at the tops, but has a shot, you know, about a percent and a half chance of a title odd, you know, that's so you're telling me I have a chance, basically. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put I wouldn't put hard money on the Reds, but you know, it definitely is one of those teams within the list of all these overall teams where you're you're definitely rooting for them on the side in in a way. Even even though you're rooting for your own team in a way, you're still kinda rooting you're still kinda rooting for whatever whatever the Reds got going on over there. 
So I I don't necessarily see them. I would actually be more interested in seeing how how do I say this? Like obviously out outside of the the wild card. I'm interested obviously to see who they'd be facing in the wild card, but but obviously this is what the understanding I'm interested to see who they who they face with you know that line of thinking of them winning. So you're more interested to see, okay, well who are they gonna take down on route to their next opponent. So who is really going to give them that actual challenge? It's not necessarily the wild card. It's okay, who's going to scrape by on the wild card? Who are they going to take care of? And who is really going to give them their actual challenge when it comes down to the division series, which could be the Dodgers, which I would like that. That would be a pretty good matchup, I think. Um, Although I think that the Dodgers would handle them, but I wouldn't mind that kind of matchup. I wouldn't mind them playing the Brewers or the Giants. You know, it just... That's one of those teams where you you would like to see him kind of mixed in with a couple of different teams. Um, You know, just something that that it's not necessarily going to be a bad matchup, however you place them. So uh, 1.4% for them. We have the A's and the Yankees, ladies and gentlemen, at 1.5%. So I'm going to give you a minute. I'm going to say it once again to give you another minute. The New York Yankees, ladies and gentlemen, along with the Oakland Athletics, coming in at 1.5% chance at title odds. It is unfortunate, and that is at this current time. As I said before, September the 10th, as soon as noon Pacific Standard Time. So, you know, take that for what you will. I know the Bronx Zoo is probably beside themselves right now that's currently where you guys are sitting the american league is definitely hot Uh, pretty much in the same boat as the a's you have the blue jays to worry about the red Sox, the white Sox. you have obviously the astros and the rays you know once you get past those other handful of teams you know if you if you want to really establish yourself as you know a top three team you still do have to go through the rays and the astros not or you would have to go through probably both of those teams, so very unfortunate. Um, very unfortunate to see these these two teams so low with such low chances. But again, baseball is a fickle mistress, and sometimes all you need is a percent and a half, you know, to uh, to reach greatness. So you know, we'll just uh, leave that uh, moment of silence there for for the uh, Yankees fans and their playoff hopes as far as uh, getting towards number 28. But who knows, you know, th- crazier things have happened. So uh, kind of bumping up now, we're getting more into some higher percentages. We have the Red Sox at 2.3%. We have the Blue Jays at 4.6%. The White Sox at 6.5%. So this is another interesting team where same thing as the Reds, you know, everybody's kind of just been rooting for them, kind of wanting them to do well. And the fact that they have been doing well and have been dominating the American League, I am glad to see them above a 5 and 5% chance, you know, especially above a 5.5% chance. Um, I am interested to see if they manage to crack that 10%, you know, when all is said and done, you know, when we're actually within the playoffs. So, 
you know, when we're actually postseason. So, uh, again, as I said before, this is as, as early as or as recent as today. So, you know, we'll, 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 we will remain to see if they can manage to squeak out another 3.5% in the next coming weeks. But um, rounding out our first double digit, we have the Milwaukee Brewers at 10.9%. And again, another team just to not sleep on. Another team that can go toe-to-toe, very understandable why they're at above a 10% chance, why they have a literal, you know, chunk of the pie, why they have a, a very solid, you know, thick, thick piece of, of, of a chance to, to be lifting this trophy. Definitely a team to be mindful of, especially coming out of the Central. That's not a team you want to... Uh, to turn your back on because like I said before they can definitely stand stand toe-to-toe with with the Braves with the Giants with the Dodgers with any any National League team that's uh, out on the field on the opposite side so and leads me right into that uh that next team at 11% exactly we have the Atlanta Braves interchangeable with the Braves as far as percentage you know another team that you you cannot and should not sleep on definitely one that will catch you by surprise and um I mean, they they took the defending champs to game, you know, to game seven in the championship series, literally, you know, a game away, you know, a few key runs away from being able to play for the title itself. So definitely not a team that you can consider having uh, having taken a step back, definitely having made some acquisitions and have been trying to move forward and in a positive manner. So. Just like the Brewers, another team to keep your to keep your mind on and to keep your eye on for sure. And then we have, of course, uh, the team looking to be first to ninety has been pretty much the team to first to everything. First 40, 50, 60. I'm pretty sure basically from thirty on up, if I'm not mistaken, or at least forty and up. We have coming in at eleven point seven percent, almost twelve percent. The San Francisco Giants. I mean, I can't, as much as it pains me to say from a Dodgers fan perspective, there's not enough good things you can you can say about this team and, and what they're accomplishing, just dominating on the field, um, getting it done their way, pitching, doing it. Their veteran staff, obviously, you, you have your core players that you've had for, for years. Brandon Crawford, obviously perennial, going to be inducted as a giant. Same thing with Hall of Famer, um, Buster Posey, I'm sure, obviously, if not a first ballot, you know, something of that nature where definitely, especially as the backstop, getting it done with, you know, even though Madison Bumgarner is now on on uh, the other side with the uh, with the Diamondbacks, definitely something that made an electric battery. So some some players on there that you definitely know have got it, you know, without you know without uh without kind of going too much into it, you know that this team is made of some grit i mean obviously they've been putting together the wins like crazy they've been running away with key series and look at them now you know on the cusp of breaking the 90 win barrier might very well break the 100 win barrier i mean there's not enough enough things to be able to say about what this team is accomplishing and what they look to accomplish to so to see them at about 12 percent you know probably looking 
to bump that up into 15%, you know, by the time the the month is up, looking like a real legitimate contender, not only, you know, as, as far as toppling the Dodgers, but just as in their own, to be coming into their own as a, a legitimate contender in their own right. So another scary team to look out for, followed closely by or falling closely, the uh, Houston Astros coming in at 12.1%. So something like that where you could see those two teams kind of swapping about definitely, you know, a three, a 3A, three 3B three type situation. Astros getting it done um, throughout the season, finding their way, finding their momentum and just never really letting go. You're definitely going to be a tough team for teams like obviously the Yankees, the Rays, you know, obviously White Sox, the Blue Jays, all these different teams that have playoff hopes. This is going to be the team to beat, you know, in a sense of of they're going to have that chip on their shoulder. You know, obviously the cheating, you know, obviously fans first, you know, first full season having the fans in back, you know, they've really been giving it to Houston, rightfully so and deservedly so. But, you know, having that extra chip on the shoulder, I'm sure has has definitely given them fuel in a way, you know, in a weird way, using the hate to keep you warm, you know, for all my vets who know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, it's scary. It's scary when a team can use that fuel, you know, and use that as a motivation. So, you know, definitely not surprised to see them this high up and, you know, this late into the season, we're basically looking to see you know, if it's going to be the Rays or the Astros and or, you know, between those two teams, who's going to have the best chance? You know, it's, it's one and two and then the rest of the field, who's going to have the best chance out of the rest of the field to, to topple them? So, you know, without without a doubt, some something to look forward to once the American League side of things starts going off. So rounding out second place in our title odds, we have. The Los Angeles Dodgers with 15%, I'm sorry, 15.7%. I got ahead of myself, see? Tripping over my words, 15.7%. Meaning our number one overall, the greatest percentage of title, of the World Series title odds, our greatest percentage coming in at 19.1% would be the Tampa Bay Rays. I am quite honestly a little shocked, especially for the gap. The Rays having almost a 4% gap, almost, you know, almost a 5%. If you really, if you swap the numbers a little bit over, I mean, obviously if you round down for the Dodgers and round up for the Rays, but in a, I'm just saying in a generalized sense, that's almost a 5% jump. And that's from one and two. That's from one and two. That's not... You know, the difference between the White Sox and the Brewers of 10.9 and 6.5. You know, that's not. That's not like a three or four percent difference where. Even in that, even in that respect, that's the difference between you definitely being in the playoffs and knowing, hey, we're planning more for our matchups in the, in the playoffs or, you know, we're more we're more. Our mindset is planning is already postseason planning versus everybody on this other side of this aisle is planning to get to the postseason or, you know, planning to get to the, to the postseason is still 
the main focus, whereas already being there, if that makes if that makes sense. So that percentage is basically that that um that filter, you will, or that buffer that kind of keeps you know A and B separated. And this this extra five percent that you're seeing between the Rays and the Dodgers is really what's keeping you know between A and then it's A1. It's not that it's A1 and 2. They're A, and then it's Dodgers. It's, oh, yeah, and then it's A1. Yeah, I guess, because you're not really B, but you're not you're not A either. So, um, wow, yeah, that's just really, really interesting to see the, uh, the general percentage. Like I, I said, I just kind of took my notes down. I didn't really decide to try and break these down. I'm, I'm bringing them up to you guys as... Uh, as quickly as they come to me. But that's basically where we're sitting at as far as the title odds. Now, I know I, I owe you guys also some some general power rankings. So I'm going to make sure to kind of run through that. I kind of already um, delved into, in a way, the power rankings anyway with some of these odds. So um, going into this second week, I should say, of well, I mean, finishing up the second week, going to the third week of, of September, you know, we'll have this initial ranking. But I believe that kind of also is indicative of of how we'll see these next two weeks kind of take form as obviously the playoff odds kind of adjust. And as we see, as I've said before, some of these key series kind of having more weight, not only in the general standings, but obviously the narratives within wildcard, within the general seeding within, you know, other things of that nature, all the ripples. So, you know, without further ado, let's just get right into the power ranking. So uh, these are as recent as the 7th. So these are a couple of days ago. We have, uh, rounding up 10th place, we have the Blue Jays. We have the Red Sox at 9th. We have the Braves at 8th. The Yankees at 7th. I have the White Sox at 6th place. I have the Brewers in 5th. The Astros in fourth, the Rays in third, the Dodgers in second, and the Giants in first place. Now, all these teams, like I just said, legitimate playoff chances, legitimate um, general league dominance chances. So these are definitely the top 10 teams. I mean, obviously the power rankings, but just the 10 teams to really keep your focus on. Because a lot of these rankings could be interchangeable. Obviously, some of these teams are only a few games between each other. You know, obviously, Dodgers and Giants still fighting within their own division, within general baseball. Obviously, the Rays, same thing within their own record, best you know, best record in baseball. Astros right there, too, within American League dominance. You know, so there's a lot that the that the power rankings can show us in a way, too. It's I don't think it's it's just necessarily you know, all about just the hard numbers. I believe that they're, even though it can seem like sometimes they just put it up either for controversy or just, you know, it's kind of like lazy reporting. I do believe that there are some intangibles. I'd like to think that there are some, there's some extras that kind of go into, especially like, I've, as I said before, certain, I would like to think that certain numbers carry more weight than others. Like, yeah, every, it's easy to put a number one, but as I said before, okay, well, what makes, then if that's number one, then what makes number three? What makes, what makes five? What makes 10? You know, where, where is the, uh, 
the benchmark for top 10. Not necessarily saying that even the 10th best team in baseball, you know, I think we kind of get caught up in that, like that they're so bad. The 10th team in, you know, 10th best team overall in baseball is still an amazing team. And that's overall, that's, you know, because that would be considering all-encompassing factors. So even to be the 10th worst, not the 10th worst, you'd be the 20th, you'd be the 20th best team. Wait, no, I'm probably messing that all up. <laughs> I'm probably messing that all up. But you, but you get, you get what I'm saying though. Even in a way, like not, you shouldn't take that with, it shouldn't even necessarily need to be with a grain of salt. It should be, you should see that for what that is. Like, okay, cool. We're the 10th best team overall in baseball. That means we have a legitimate chance to go toe to toe with any, any team. We know that we're well-rounded enough to be better than, you know, a majority of, of the entire league. So why wouldn't you take that, you know, as a, as a, as a good chip on your shoulder. So that's just kind of how I see it. But that's, uh, that's basically all I have today. As far as power rankings, uh, I wanted to add more, especially with the pending. We have our pending Hall of Fame induction. I guess I'll just save that for episode 26. Um, yeah, it's just a lot just coming down the pipeline. We're basically in the final weeks. You know, there's a lot of power rankings going up, a lot of odds. Like, obviously, I just, you know, made this whole podcast based out of, off of it. So there's a lot of speculation and there's a lot of excitement going on uh, regarding regarding October. So I'm really glad that the game of baseball got the exposure with the Field of Dreams game. And I really hope that this postseason will do the same. You know, we'll, we'll garner that extra amount of attention that, that, you know, only the postseason really can bring. So plenty of, plenty of exciting baseball to be had in these next two weeks, you know, these next three weeks, basically. And, um, yeah, it's just, more than I than I could have hoped for so far as far as everything we've seen and I know that there's so much more down the plate and like I said we still have the whole postseason to get through so there's a there's a lot to get through I'm really excited for episode 26 to get that to you guys as far as like I said the induction just a couple of other topics I know I actually want to kind of get into um captaincy and um regarding uh, displaying captaincy on jerseys, but I'll save that a little for uh, a little more for episode twenty six. Just kind of want to do get the wheels turning on that until until you guys uh, hear from me again. So as always, though, I appreciate the listens. I appreciate the follows, the comments, all that good stuff. You know, the DMs and the support. Uh, if you guys ever have questions or any comments, concerns, feel free to write, DM, email. Always. Uh, always available open to you guys even if it takes a minute for uh for me to respond or you know whoever i may have working at at dirtbag hq Um, but definitely appreciate your guys feedback as far as stuff to talk about as far as different things to cover because it seems like i'm running an hour-long podcast every every week with just the stuff that uh that's just going on in, in the world and you know this is just a given season any given season so you know definitely thankful to be uh to be having enough baseball content to give you guys you know to be to be almost overwhelmed with the stuff to have to cover you know to to be able to make sure that I'm getting you know enough 
enough quality stuff out there to you guys. So I am, I am more than grateful for this baseball season providing that to us. And um, like I said, I'm just looking forward to what the rest of the season brings us. And, you know, we can just ride off into the sunset, you know, into, into the off season and into winter meetings and see how, how that kind of sets us up for next year. So yeah, as always, again, I, I appreciate it. Appreciate the love from you guys. And looking forward to bringing episode 26 to you guys when uh when I get all my all my notes and stuff together for you guys. So appreciate it. Peace and love. And as always, stay tuned, dirtbags.